You are now listening to the Cruise Control Podcast here on SoundCloud and iTunes. I am your host, Randy Cruz. You can follow me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. Jabari Davis, SilverScreenAndRoll.com, SB Nation, writing about the Los Angeles Lakers. He's on Twitter at Jabari Davis NBA. Jabari, what's up, my man? How you doing? Hey, not much. Thanks for having me, Randy. No problem, man. Anytime NBA is uh, you know underway, but you're out in LA. It must be a tough day out there because the, the Dodgers lost the World Series last night against the uh, the Houston Astros, Game Seven at home. I'm not a big baseball fan, but the last two World Series have been has been great, phenomenal. Cubs and Indians, and now with the Astros and Dodgers. Um, real quickly, man, what's the what's the sentiment out in LA right now? What what are the fans saying that the Dodgers, you know, did not get it done? You know how it goes. Uh, yeah, like you have two two responses. Of course, you get to a Game Seven of a great World Series right. and complain. You exactly. know, uh, they, that that's my take on it. But at the same time, you know, folks were a little bit in their feelings. I'll admit that. Even around the you know, even around the office here today, you know, you, you saw some folks kind of like uh, you know, you know, not, uh, bowing their head a little bit and going, you know, giving the like, yeah, type look. But you know, folks to get over it. You know, it it, it 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 was good to see them finally get back to that level. Um, and now right. it's a matter of can you know, can they continue it? Yeah, I you know I. I did not, you know, me, I'm not a baseball fan, but I I look at it as, you know, here in New York, the Yankees were one game away from the World Series. They lose to the Astros. So, you know, one side of me said, you know what, I want the Astros to win because, you know, they were the better team against the Yankees. Or, I, you know, I could be like, you know what, the the Yankees lost. Let's go Dodgers. So, um I did not have you know any team in the fight last year between the Cubs and Indians. I wanted I wanted Chicago because they, they haven't won in, in God knows how long, 108 years, and the Dodgers yeah. since since '88. But Houston, you know, with the whole hurricane thing and have not won a World Series ever. I think it kind of it, it's kind of fitting that they were able to get it done. And to me. The crucial game was game five, you know, Kershaw on the mound and the whole thing with the mm-hmm. 10 innings, 13, 12, back and forth, probably one of the greatest World Series games I've ever seen uh, uh, aside from game seven last year. So, you know, already the Dodgers are a favorite to win next year. Are you in that camp that thinks that the, that the Dodgers can't get, uh, you know, get back there? The thing of it is, is, you know, much like Houston, they've got, all, you know, most of their talent is young. You know, they, you know, they've done a great. You know, they, obviously they got some veterans, uh, you know, throughout the lineup. But I mean, you know, the bulk of the of the boppers, you know, they're relatively young, or, or, or if not young, you know, you know, right there in their prime. So uh, it wouldn't shock me. Um, you know, I, I, my, my Twitter, my Twitter handle doesn't say uh, MLB, so I, I will not claim to be any sort of expert. <laughs> I'm just a fan. Uh, I think that they should absolutely still be in that mix. I think both of those teams will be in the mix again. Oh yeah, definitely, and, ju- and you know, just the fact that a lot of people, you know, fans or not, were watching the World Series. And, you know, there are plenty of fans out there, but for us to be talking about baseball on a more regular basis, I think that's good for the sport. You know, NFL has been, you know, whatever this year, more more on the downside with everything that's been going on with the protests and the whole injuries. But I- I'm happy for baseball. I'm glad for baseball that they they, they were able to pull out. 
a great postseason, a great World Series, back-to-back years. So, you know, we'll see what happens next year. But overall, man, uh, you know, I would say Dodgers had a great year. Some may not look at it that way. They might see it as a failure uh, for not getting it done. But um, I'm hoping that if, if the Yankees or Mets don't get it done here in New York, then I, I am praying for your Dodgers to get it done next year, man. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> We'll take all the support we can get. Exactly. And, you know, plus, you guys had a 100-degree weather game one. Like, how crazy was that? Welcome to L.A. <laughs> hey, I, I know I know it's, you know it's late October and November, but, uh, yeah, that, that's just kind of how it goes. Hey, man, I, you know, listen, it's 70 here in New York, and it is November right. 2nd. I, hey, I'll take that, too. Absolutely. <laughs> Isn't it usually snowing by now? Uh, n- not snowing, but it it could be like forties, fifties. I'm not saying like you know blizzard weather, but right now it's not normal to be seventy in the beginning of November. So if this if this weather can go all the way to Thanksgiving, I'll take it. Yeah, you got to take that every day of the week. <laughs> Jabari NBA underway. Um, two of your LA teams, uh, the Clippers as they stand are five and two. The Lakers play Mm -hmm. tonight against Portland. They are three and four. I I do want to start with the Clippers. Um, Blake Griffin playing lights out. Clippers playing a whole lot better. Uh, I don't want to say without Chris Paul, but you can kind of tell there's a difference of the whole morale of the team. They did get back like eight guys for Chris Paul, you know, in, in the trade this summer. I did not get a chance to have you on during that time. So when the Clippers made a deal for Chris Paul to Houston, real quick, just on your thoughts of, of him going to James Harden and the Rockets and what you've been able to see so far with Blake um, elevating his game now and the Clippers so far being at 5-2. and two. Well, I was definitely intri- I was definitely intrigued by the t- by the deal because you know for one, you know it was back and forth on whether he was going to leave or whether you know they would be able to get something until it just wasn't, and then all of a sudden it was like oh <laughs> time to scramble. Yeah, uh, you know hats off hats off to the Clippers for what they were able to get out of that deal because usually you know especially if you have a, a guy and a veteran at that that's on his way out the door. Um, you know, you're, not, you're usually unable to get anywhere near equal value. And, you know, time will tell on whether it ultimately winds up being equal value. But I love the mix that the, that the Clippers currently have. I know, you know, I know I was starting off with Houston, but, you know, but really uh, it's difficult to say, you know, they won the trade. But I at least I like their mix now better than I did before. And that's no slight, no disrespect to Chris Paul because I think it's you know anybody that follows me and you know I've talked to you before you know I'm you know I'm I'm kind of a Chris Paul stand but for whatever mm-hmm. the reason is whether it's just a matter of Blake being able to be you know himself yeah. or you know uh, embracing the leadership role or like the other other parts just fitting better you know for what they want to do uh, I like that mix now on the Houston side of things we're just going to have to wait and see you know you know what that looks like once Chris Paul you know makes it back into the into the into the uh, the lineup. Yeah, because you know the uh, the Rockets they just smacked my Knicks last night, um, real real easily without Chris Paul. And, and again, Chris Paul has played one game, and you know the whole big thing about him going to Houston. And at the time, we all thought Melo was going to Houston as well. That did not work mm-hmm. out. And I think sometimes Chris Paul looks a little <laughs> perturbed that Carmelo is not on the Rockets. Um, they did give up a lot to get him, and. 
I I think I think it could work out, but at the end at the end end of the day, I like what the Clippers got back. They they got back a whole bunch of guys. Um, you know, Gallo's there now. Patrick Beverly, the starting point guard. Um, a few other guys. Sam Decker. I know they lost. Yeah, Chris, Sam Decker they, and they lost uh, Montreal. Oh uh, yeah, Montrez Harrell. But they 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 did lose. Um, Chris Paul, JJ Redick, Jamal Crawford. Um, I like this Clippers team because I think Blake Griffin can do a whole lot more. He sometimes he runs point guard. He, he he's making game winning shots against the Blazers. I think he's able to elevate his, uh, his game more. Not saying CP3 held him back, but I think Chris Paul leaving the Clippers was the best thing to happen to Blake Griffin right now. I, I agree with that, and, and look, it, it was no secret. You know, if, if anything, it was a, you know an open secret. Those guys didn't get along. Now, you know, obviously, you know, everybody played nice when it was time. You know, when the cameras are on, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, but those guys, you know, for whatever the reason is, wait, maybe it's just a personality thing. Maybe it's the fact that Chris Paul, you know, you know tends to be kind of a grinder, and you know, and Blake is a little bit more laid back, at, at least in terms of uh, you know, expressing you know, the way that he expresses himself. You know, maybe that was the case. But no, I, I agree with you. Look, Blake's playing great basketball right now. Uh, really, for the Clippers, to be honest with you, it's going to be a matter of can he stay healthy. Can and he stay on the court because if he's there and he's playing this level of basketball, he's averaging about 23 points. He's actually leading the team in assists right now, uh, you, know, by, you know, kind of by a decent margin. Yeah. Um, you know, if he's able to stay on the court and, and able to continue to play like this, he'll be in the MVP conversation at the end of the year, and the Clippers will be right there. You know, look, I don't think that they're world they're world beaters. You know, I didn't think they were world beaters with Chris Paul, uh, but I think that they can you know reach the same you know have the same level of success that they had you know uh, in, the, in the last couple of years if they can stay healthy. Definitely. And, you know, not not just the Clippers, but I think, you know, there are some teams currently out in the Western Conference and in the East that are, you know, are making, I wouldn't say changes, but it's like right now the Cavaliers are not dominating the Eastern Conference. The Warriors are uh-huh. not, they haven't hit their stride yet. To me as a fan, I, I, I love the fact that the Clippers, the Grizzlies, uh, Boston, Orlando, Detroit are now like, I know it's early, Asians, but yeah. you know Indiana, they're all playing well. Where it's not like me and you and everybody else are like, you know what? It's going to be Cleveland, Golden State, Part Four in June. I like what we see right now. What has surprised you so far, from a team standpoint, East or West, and from a player standpoint, East or West so far? From a team standpoint, it absolutely is Orlando Magic. Because look, I was that guy for the last five years singing like, "Hey, this could be their year." Hey, look at the talent they put together, and you know they've had a, you know a couple different you know influxes of talent you know there. Uh, but you know Vogel, if I'm not mistaken, this is now his third season. If I'm not mistaken, he was second or third, but I think it's his third. You know he's been able to get it. You know, you know kind of you know get his system into place. He's got the play. You know the play. You know the players obviously fit a little bit better now uh, than they did when he you know when he first started. So I'm surprised by that. The only thing that I'll say, you know, because I've seen some Orlando Magic fans say, "Hey, this is our year." This, you know, hey, look, let's hope to break it just a little bit. And the only reason why I say that is, I watched the Los Angeles Lakers last year look very good through 20 games. They were 10 and 10, not quite, you know, right. not quite, you know, the pace of six and two, but they were 10 and 10, looking great. And then they finished the season 10 and 56 after that. So, or no, excuse me, 16 and, and 56 after that. So, wow. you know, like, it, it's still very early, but I'm definitely impressed by what the, you know, what the Magic are doing. I love to see what the Pacers are doing. Uh, Victor Oladipo has actually been a bit of a surprise for me, and not because I didn't think he had any game. It's just that he, this 
hadn't shown it with any consistency. Now, again, it's only seven or you know eight games in right now, but right now he looks very good, and I and, and I like what you know I like what the you know the Pacers have going. Uh, same thing with the Pistons. You know, the Lakers beat them the other night here in Los Angeles, but you know prior to that they were they were tired for leading the Eastern Conference. Uh, so yeah, no, the, uh, the overall one, the one thing I'm happy about. Now, ultimately, you know, Cleveland's probably going to be, you know, going to rise to the top by the end, and Golden State will probably rise to the top by the end. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I'm happy about is it's not as predictable as a lot of us may have thought going into the season. At least we've got some other teams and other players and new faces in exactly. order to be, you know, uh, to be excited about. And that's a good thing for the league. Exactly. And again, the Warriors can be first seed in April. The Cavaliers could be one or two. But it's kind of – it's very intriguing when you see – the Thunder with Melo, Westbrook, and Paul mm-hmm. George right now, they're eighth. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, they're third. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It just yeah. – <laughs> um, who else? Uh, M- Milwaukee, eighth. Detroit, fourth. Indiana, third. Orlando, second. Boston, again, you know, with, with the Gordon Hayward injury going down – to me as a fan, it's like, man, like I want to see Boston full strength and everything. But I think – with the way the Eastern Conference is now, you know, I think Kyrie can lead that team to the Eastern Conference Finals. Cleveland, they they have, to me, they have a lot of work to do. They got a lot of older players, D. Rose, uh, Dwayne Wade, Channing Frye still in the roster. They got rid of uh, RJ. Um, so, it's, like you said earlier, it's not as predictable. And to me as a fan, and, and hopefully for you, it's like, all right, maybe the Cavaliers – are going to get eliminated in the semifinals or in the conference finals. Maybe this might be the year the Warriors are going to have the toughest battle when it comes to San Antonio, Houston, OKC. And these two teams may not go to the finals for a part four. Yeah, exactly. Um, and look, I, I'll take, I would take a part four, but I would also gladly take, you know, you know some, some fresh competition, you know. Um, and that's not even shade towards either of those teams. Like I said, I would take it. And, 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 and just from a historical perspective, as well as from a competitive, you know, a competition perspective. But you know, look, if, if I were betting, and, and I don't bet it, I don't have any money like that. But if, but if I were betting, and I had to bet that you know, you know, one of those teams wouldn't make it, it would be the Cavs right now. It's not just because of the turmoil, but it's because of like it's, it's what you hit on the head uh, in the lead in. Uh, they're old. Like, a lot of people went into the season like, hey, look, look, look what they got now. It's like, yeah, they got a lot of names on paper, but that doesn't, yeah. you know, I've never, I've never seen names win on, you know, you know, you know uh, win anything. Um, and, and, and plus, we don't know what they're going to get ultimately out of Isaiah Thomas. Now, if he comes back around, the, you know, around, you know, December or January or whenever and is able to, you know, uh, play his way into shape and, 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 and contribute in a way, in similar ways to the way that he did uh, with Boston last year, They'll be right there, and you know, they'll be right there in that mix. And 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 to be honest with you, I, I would pick them in a series. But we don't know. For one, he's going into an he's going into a contract. He's going into a contract summer. Mm-hmm. So if there's any doubt whatsoever in his in his physical well being, if I'm Isaiah Thomas, there's no chance in the world I come back. I'm I'm going to make sure that I'm fully structurally sound before stepping foot on that court. Uh, he's already proven enough to you know like you know like he'll get paid. Definitely, and I think 
I think the one thing that, that that fans and media are looking at the Cavaliers like, hey, you know what's going on? Is that it's not like they lost five games and, and they lost to the Warriors and the Rockets and Thunder. They, they losing to the Pelicans, the Pacers, Brooklyn, even my Knicks. Give them an L in yep. Cleveland, Orlando. I mean, does that kind of like, you know, d- does that give the cause for reason where, hey, Cleveland, you, you you got all these guys and you traded Kyrie, you know, X Y Z, but now you're losing to, like, these teams that, that you shouldn't be losing to. Here's the trouble. Here's one of the issues that I have, because it's funny. I heard them I heard them recently compare to the uh, 2011 Lakers. And, they, and uh, just a reminder on that, mm-hmm. that was a team that kind of flipped the switch in the second half of the season. They went on an 18-1 and stretch. Uh, uh, Bynum was still with the team at that point. And right. He was going nuts on the backboard and everything. And then they ultimately, you know, uh, in the second round to the eventual uh, uh, the eventual champions in the, in the Dallas Mavericks right. because basically they tried to flip that switch one too many times and they weren't able to do it. The difference with this you know with this particular team and that you know Lakers team is that Lakers team played defense and they hit the boards incredibly well. This uh, Cleveland team can't defend anybody because they're old at a lot of at a lot of key positions and in multiple like they, some of their you know some of their starters can't defend and the guys coming in for them can't defend. So unless they're outscoring people, you know like they're just getting hot. You know, again, not to, you know not to come across as total dooming gloom for Cleveland, but there's at least the opportunity for a team to come up and catch them because, like I said, they just don't have the personnel that that it's going to take in order to uh, in order to defend on on uh, on, on a lot of nights. And uh, unless they're rolling offensively, they're going to run into trouble. Now, tomorrow night, D'Angelo Russell makes his return to L.A. Uh, I'm not sure if fans are really like you know that excited that, he, that he's coming back tomorrow. But for me, what you've been able to see so far in Brooklyn, averaging 22, five and four, um, you know Brooklyn, you know they got three wins so far, and um, starting point guard as, as well. What's your take on what you've been able to see with D'Angelo Russell in Brooklyn so far? D'Angelo, uh, excuse me, D'Angelo looks good, and it's not a shock. It's not a surprise. Yeah, I mean, you, you heard me caping for him all, you know, these last couple seasons uh, when everybody was kind of, you know, everybody was kind of like combining their personal opinions about him, you know, with how they viewed his actual game. He's a scorer. He's a guy that can do a lot of things with the ball. Um, I've always said he's more of a combo guard. He's more, in my honest opinion, he's more of a scoring guard. But you know that that can pass. Right. Um, you know, with Lynn being out, he's got a lot. He's got even more of the playmaking responsibilities. So you know, it's good to see uh, you know some of those other numbers being squiggly lines as well. Uh, but he's a guy that you know, quite frankly, is probably going to get you twenty to twenty-five points a game for the next ten years, as long as he can stay healthy. Because he can, you know, he's he's shifty. He's a lefty. He can shoot. He can, you know, he can get in the, you know, get in, the, you know, get in the in the small spaces and, and find ways to create. Uh, you know, the knock on him coming in was his lack of athleticism. While he's certainly not the most athletic, you know, he, he's able to play with pace and similar to a way that you know James Harden does, and some of those you know players like that, you know, it wind up having to. Uh, so no, I'm I'm very happy for him. Um, I hope he can stay healthy. I hope Brooklyn can stay healthy, uh, and and at least you know you know stay around the conversation. Um, yeah, again, it's still very early. You know they're three and five right now. Uh, they've lost their last three. Uh, so you you, know, you hope that's not necessarily a sign of things to come. But no, mm. I, it, it's I'm I'm happy for him, and I hope that he you know it's good to see him with this opportunity on a big stage. Uh, you know after the change. Did you feel like the Lakers gave up on 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 him? Too too quick. I, I know they drafted Lonzo and they both play the same position. But do you think that 
they could have drafted Lonzo and moved D'Angelo to the two. Or Once they drafted Lonzo, there was no place for D'Angelo Russell on the Lakers. There's a lot of people that have been going with that, you know, like that mindset or that idea. And mm-hmm. while on paper, that makes sense. That makes total sense. In fact, on paper, D'Angelo, you know, next to Lonzo, on, from an offensive perspective, would be fantastic. Because Lonzo can create in ways that he can't. And he, you know, and he could you know, take pressure off of, uh, off of Lonzo with his ability to, you know, to the score and create for himself. Um, and as well as clear catch and shoot off the, you know, off the pass. But the trouble is, it, and it, you know, like you know, people have to just be honest with themselves. Uh, that would not have worked in the locker room. Uh, D'Angelo, quite frankly, isn't. You know, I don't think that he's mature enough to handle that. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, or would have been mature enough to handle that. Essentially, being pushed aside, and you know, after after initially thinking that he was he was the next franchise guy for this guy. That it obviously, you know, the, the organization is is is, uh, is, is trying to, uh, you know, elevate uh, and and definitely push as their guy. Um, so I think that I honestly think there would have been uh, some infighting that would have taken place, uh, you know, had they kept him. Now, did they move him a bit hastily? And yeah, and and maybe you know, you know, maybe they could have gotten in the, the same conversations with you know some you know some other trade pieces, probably. Because I, I look, the Pacers may not have wanted to, you know, may may not have wanted to, you know, acquiesce to, uh, you know, Paul George's, you know, uh, trade request. But at the end of the day, if you have the opportunity to get a, a guy with the, the talent level of, of Paul George, excuse me, of D'Angelo Russell, I think that they would, you know, they could have gotten over themselves a little bit in, in that regard. So, you know, uh, you know, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty, and of course, you know, like, uh, yeah, we maybe they could have done it a differently, a different way, but now it kind of is what it is. And D'Angelo's in a great spot for himself, and uh, you know, Paul George is an OKC, and the Lakers are, you know, they're definitely banking on their ability to do a better job in the offseason in terms of uh, you know free agents than the previous regime has done. So, you know, I'm definitely intrigued to see it. Now your Lakers are currently three and four. They got Portland tonight, um, so they could either be four and four, five hundred, or be three and five tomorrow night. Twelfth in twelfth in the Western Conference. Lonzo Ball currently ten seven seven around around that around those numbers. We're seeing the the, the growth and development of Ingram, Clarkson, Nance, uh, Randall, and the rookie Kuzma. Um, for the first seven games from the Lakers, what has impressed you the most and what has you kind of like scratching your head so far not too much of that honestly has me scratching my head because to they're playing about at the level that i thought they would i thought they would compete i thought that they would struggle at times uh, shooting the ball because they don't have a ton of dead-eye shooters uh that that's where the you know they shouldn't have traded you know d'angelo crown usually you know chimes in the, you know, the most and in that regard they're absolutely right and, you know he could have helped in, in you know for that but they don't have a ton of you know, you know a ton of great shooters uh, so they're, you know, they'll be a bit streaky. KCP had his, you know, if I'm not mistaken, his best shooting uh, performance of his career last season when he was like 35% from deep. So, you know, you, you'd hope that it, he could be at that level, if not higher. Um, and he might be one of the you know, better three-point shooters on the team. So, yeah, no, I, I'm not shocked by anything. I'm, I definitely uh, have been impressed by, you know, I've been impressed by what I've seen out of Lonzo. I know the shot is funky. I know he's shooting a, a rough percentage, but he's, you know, controlling the flow of the offense in ways that, uh, you know, you definitely anticipated or wanted to see, uh, you know, coming in. 
Um, I think his level of aggression uh, will increase over the course of the season in terms of finding his own shot. And it doesn't necessarily, you know, as, he, as evidenced by the Phoenix game, as evidenced by the, other, the game the other night, uh, you know, when he's attacking, when he's probing and penetrating, that's actually when the Lakers look the best uh, because it, it, just, it, put, it applies a pressure to the defense that, you know, the Lakers haven't had in, in quite some time. Um, in terms of having a, a, a perimeter player that that you know that, that can attack with, with frequency, um, but uh, I've I liked what I've seen out of. And you know what's funny is I was gonna say I was gonna say I've liked what I've seen out of Julius Randle, but you have you know Lakers fans out here that are upset with Luke, um, you know, for having him come off the bench. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. I like that role for him. I like it a lot. I think he matches up really well with Kuzma because Kuzma spreads the floor for him and spaces the floor for him in ways that he hasn't had before. Um, uh, you know. Kind of, you know, kind of up down, you know, down the line you know, of all the young guys that you mentioned, uh, specifically because I go into I go into seasons with young players not anticipating, you know, greatness, even though everybody else seems, you know, seems to mm-hmm. want them to be instantly great. Uh, I, I've been pleased with what I've seen from, you know, from a from a majority of them so far. Now, one part to me was funny that I, I thought Lonzo Ball getting that triple double against Phoenix, you know, <laughs> you know, got Earl Watson out of there, and then you fast forward to now. Phoenix is four and four, and it's like either a Earl Watson should not have been coaching, or two, the Eric Bledsoe dynamic wasn't working, and now Phoenix, who started off zero and three, giving up a hundred and some odd points, they almost lost by damn near fifty and sixty, are now four and four early on, and right in the mix of the Western Conference. Yeah, and, and that was good to see. To be honest with you, I, and, and, and let me let me rephrase: it's never good to see anybody lose their job, regardless of whether right. you, you like coach or not. Like it's, that's a human being with a family. That you know what I'm saying? You know that 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 you have to take that into consideration. But uh, I agree. Uh, in in terms of you said it's either or. I think it's both. I think it's a combination of Earl wasn't a great fit. Uh, the dynamic with Eric Bledsoe obviously wasn't you know, wasn't working. You know, you're three games into the year and, and, and you're tweeting out stuff like I don't want to be here. Uh, so, yeah. and also when it comes to a young team, especially when they just lost their coach, they usually would play a little bit harder. It's usually you know they go out there and try to prove you know you know try to prove themselves. So let's see about 15 games from now what they look like. But for now, yeah, I love seeing them be. Yeah, I love seeing them competitive. Devin Booker's one of my favorite young players in the league, so it's definitely good to see him. You know, off to the start that he is, and you know it would be great. It would be great if they could stay. You know, hover around the 500 mark and you know and be you know be there you know midway through the season. But you know. I'm always one of those like let's pump the brakes and let's see what you know, let's see what it looks like after a couple more weeks type deal. Where do you think is the best fit for Bledsoe? I, I think as of today, I think Detroit was trying to get him. We heard about Milwaukee. Um, they they wanted uh, Frank Nelikina and Willie Hernan Gomez from from my Knicks. Uh, that's not happening. So where do you feel like he ain't going back to Phoenix? Where do you feel like is the best fit for Eric Bledsoe right now? I would like to see him go to, excuse me, either Milwaukee or even Washington. I know I beat this drum every year. Uh, uh, Randy, we've talked about it. I've been trying to trade somebody to Washington to give them one more guy for the last mm. you know three, four years. Uh, but, ah, uh, man, we're trying to think of where else would be a good fit. I mean, you know, Cleveland is always is always a conversation because they have assets that they can also move, and you know, there's the comp, there, there's the connection there between LeBron and uh-huh. and the agency and whatnot. Uh, but I would love to see him go to one of those Eastern Conference teams and put them over the hump. 
you know, like I, it's the same thing with Milwaukee. Just, just like with Washington, how I want them to get one more guy, I would I would love to see Milwaukee be able to get one more guy, another score, a legitimate scoring threat that can take some of the pressure off of um, off of the Greek freak and make and give them two guys that can give you certain, you know that can combine for fifty to sixty on a you know, every single night. Um, uh, yeah, I would I would love to see that. Yeah, uh, you know, I would to be selfish. I would love for him to be on on OKC because Andre Robeson is, is not very good. Uh. <laughs> He's not, and just him, Westbrook, Dur- uh, Durant, uh, Paul George, Melo. That's not happening. But if OKC wants to take that that other next step to be a finals contending team, it, you know, can it be some way to get blessed? So I I don't think so. But uh, Milwaukee w- would be kind of cool. Um, you know, Brooklyn now having Jeremy Lin out for the year. You know, maybe uh, Detroit. As of today, they would talk about uh, Reggie Jackson or getting a third team involved. Cause I don't think Phoenix wants to take back Reggie Jackson. So I, I, I'm not too sure where he fits. And I would love for him to be in New York, but there's been too many times where the Knicks have been fleeced in trades and taken advantage of. So I think for the first time in a while, they really took, you know, took a step back and was like, hey, we're going to keep our young guys, our draft picks, let them develop, and we're not going to trade two people for one guy who is 27 years old and has a history of, of, of injuries. So I think for right now, the Knicks are pretty good of not getting Bledsoe, but if they can get Bledsoe for somebody else, like, you know, O'Quinn or Ron Baker, sure I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure, sure. No, I, I, I hear you. And, and, and that's kind of the trouble that I have with uh, uh, with the OKC. So I just because I don't know that they have enough assets. And if you're the Knicks, unless you're trying to give up those two guys that they're, that they're talking about, mm. I don't know if, the, if, if, if they have the assets. Because I'm sorry, it's not going to happen for O'Quinn. It's not going to yeah. happen for, know. you know, you, they're not just going to give them away. Um, you know, they, you know they, uh, Phoenix is in a tough spot because they've been trying to get rid of Brandon Knight forever. Um, yeah, and now they've got, basically they've got two guards that they need to get rid of. Right. Nobody wants, uh, nobody wants Brandon Knight apparently, or at least for the price that they're asking. And, uh, even though, you know, Eric Bledsoe can certainly help, you know, several teams, you know, a bunch of teams around the league, uh, when you're kind of in a weakened state from a negotiation standpoint, mm-hmm. no one's going to give you the farm for him. So I, I actually it would not shock me to see him go somewhere right before the deadline and basically them just take the best offer they can get. What about a team like San Antonio who kind of needs help in the backcourt? I, mean, I know they got Green and Patty Mills and Parker, I think, is still out. Genova yeah, DeJounta Murray, or however you say his name, DeJounta Murray. Yeah. Um, I, and I like Murray, by the way. Uh, I, I like yeah, I, I like him a lot. I like him a lot more than I realized, you know, because I actually watched a couple of their games early in the season. I was like, oh, okay, this kid can go. But yeah, I, look, any like I'm always in favor of Greg Popovich getting more, uh, you know, more weapons. So if they if they could if they could find a way to do it, that would be incredible. But uh, you know, again, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know their roster well enough to determine whether they've got the assets outside of their main guys. Mm-hmm. Like, are, are, are you talking about moving in LaMarcus Aldridge in some way, or are you talking about, like, you know, with some of their fringe guys? Uh, I, I think anybody except LaMarcus and, and Kawhi, they just re-signed LaMarcus, right? Yeah, they just, they just re-upped with him, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know if they can make that work. I don't know if like a package of like a Kyle Anderson and like you know those mm-hmm. types of guys right, would right. work for them. Uh, but you know, but I guess I guess you know to a certain degree you never know uh, because if they get desperate enough, uh, especially if especially if he starts. 
start to make rum, you know, you know, start to, uh, to make some rumblings again, and it, you know, it, it, it starts to impact, uh, you know, kind of like where the team is going. Uh, you know, maybe you find them in a desperate spot, but otherwise, if I'm them, uh, to be honest, I'm probably looking to ship them to the Eastern Conference, and I'm probably going to take you know the best offer I can get. One other guy, real quick, that I do want to mention in, in terms of trying to find a home is uh, Jalil Okafor from Philly. Uh, they did not re up his uh, fourth year option. Either they're going to uh, buy him out, trade him, something like that. But when it comes to a team like San Antonio, a team like your Lakers, a uh, team like Boston, who might need help at the big at, at the five spot or at, as a backup five. Um, What's the best landing spot for Jaleel, uh, Jaleel Okafor? Is would LA Lakers be interested in Okafor? I don't think so. Um, I feel like you know he's been available for the last three years, and they've been True, in the yeah. you know they've been in the business of trying to bring in talent the last three years. So if they wanted, you know, we would have heard more about that. Uh, quite frankly, uh, you know, he's not. You know, I, I don't. I don't know how much he would really play. Uh, they've got Brooks starting. Uh, they've got you know um, Bogut as a backup, and they also have Zubac, a young guy that they're trying to you know they're, they're trying to figure out what they've got there as well. And Thomas Bryant, you know he's on the he's on the G League, he's in the G League right now, but you know, he's available to him. So I don't know. Uh, and, and and at the power forward position, I wouldn't play Jalil Okafor over any of the guys that they've got. To be honest, like I wouldn't play him over um, Randall, I wouldn't play him over Nance, and I wouldn't play him over Kuzma. So it would be kind of tough. Uh, the, you know, the most difficult thing with Okafor is I was a huge fan of his in high school, loved him in high school, saw him play at the Adidas Nations tournament out here in Los Angeles, uh, if I'm mistaken, in 2014, either 2014 or 2015. Uh, I, I was a fan of his in college. You know, I, I recognized the shortcomings in terms of uh, mobility, agility, as well as uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, having an outside uh, offensive game. Uh, but I thought that he would be more effective. Um, maybe you know that like, it, maybe it's a matter of going to the wrong situation because we've seen that before with young guys. Like if if you go into a really good situation, you know the the, the path can be a lot easier for you. If you go into a bad situation, uh, you know the you know, things can you can really spiral for you. Um, I'd like to see him on another team, but the trouble is, I just don't know where he fits in today's current landscape of the NBA because like he's a guy that that, that wants to kind of you know put his back to the basket and he wants you to dump it down to him, like say like a la you know Al Jefferson. The league ain't looking for Al Jefferson. Al Jefferson. <laughs> no disrespect to him, you know, no disrespect to him, but that's not what that's not what folks are looking for. Mm-hmm. So I, I I honestly don't know. Like, what, what's his max? Is he is he uh, Eddie Curry light? Is he you know? Because like, quite frankly, if that's the case, like I'm like if I'm a GM, I'm not trading for that. Um, I mean, I I I, I had Chris Herring on from five thirty eight last night and he told me a team yeah. a team that can fit Okafor again he may not start uh would be San Antonio because Aldridge is there Paul Gasol is getting older he could be a backup to 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 Aldridge and Greg Pop would be the perfect coach to kind of get him in line and you know there's no ego where Jaleel has to go somewhere and start if, he, if he's with Pop Pop would you know set him straight um maybe a team like Portland that can that can use a big. I mean, I I, I really don't know. So I, I I know New York don't need him, LA don't don't really need him or want him. Maybe Boston could you know even back in the day they've been trying they were trying to trade for Okafor for for so long and now when the opportunity is here, 
you know, does Boston pull the trigger and, 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 tr- and try to get Okafor whether he starts or not. So I think it's very interesting for him, not only him and Bledsoe, two uh, very talented guys, but really have nowhere to go right now. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, um, and, and, and shout out to Chris. He's a, a great follower on Twitter and obviously one of the smarter guys, you know, uh, doing this in, the, you know, in this world. Definitely. Uh, definitely uh, respect his opinion on this. So I tell you thing that's interesting. Look, I'm a pop believer. I mean, in fact, I'm, I, you know, I, I, you know, look, it's sacrilege out here. I think pop is probably in the same conversation as Phil Jackson in terms of, like, great basketball coaches of all time. Yes, Phil has the hardware, and you, know, you can't say you can't say anything negative about him except for you know the, you know, the job he did there with your Knicks. Hey, um, hey, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, you know I got to get a little, yeah, a little slow, a little slow in there. But no, um, if, if anybody can get the most out of a player, or spe- specifically a player like Jamal Okafor, I think it would be Pop. And if you're playing Pau Gasol, whom, you know, hey, look, no disrespect, but if you're playing Pau Gasol, you know, uh, significant minutes, then you could probably, you know, slide some of those to a guy like Jalil. And you know what? Uh, a system like that would probably will probably be a great fit for him. So, no, like, you know, uh, while I may not have been able to think of anywhere else, I will piggyback on Chris's idea of, of uh, you know, of, of San Antonio being a potential destination for him. What do you think of my guy KP so far, Jabari? Oh, he's nasty. Come on now. You know me. Like, I know. I, I, love... I know. I had to ask. <laughs> <laughs> when, no, like, uh, when the conversation started coming up uh, and they were talking about, oh, you know, uh, Phil might be moving him, oh, the very man. first thing I said is do it. Whatever it takes, go get that guy. Like, it, like this is not hyperbole. You know, like, yeah. I, the, the, there are, the world isn't making seven four guys or seven three or everything. However big he is, seven, uh, three. they can do the stuff that he's doing that they can do the stuff that he does. And it's great to see him embracing that role as the team's leader now, even, even though he's, you know, obviously he's, you know, he, he's still young. If I'm not mistaken, he's still under 22, right, or 23? I think he's 22 right now. Yeah, the, yeah, there you go. Um, you know, the fact that he, you know, he's putting up the points, you know, he had a little bit of an off night you know, the other night, if it, or maybe it was last night. Uh, but, you know, if I'm not mistaken, he has, you know, three or four games of over 30, you know, 30 points already this season. Uh, he's, you know, he, he can he can do a little bit on you know, kind of you know, kind of all around the ball, all around the court. Uh, so yeah, no, I'm I continue to be impressed by him. I still think you know he's he's one of the better young bigs in the league. Uh, I would take him on my team any day of the week. Yeah, of 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 course you would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey. so you know if you want to trade, yeah, you're much like your Kylo Quinn idea. If you want to trade him for like you know the uh, 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 you know Alex Caruso or so somebody else down <laughs> down at the end of the Lakers bench, you know, go for it. We can make that work. Sure. I mean, if you don't want Clarkson no more, I give you Ron Baker. We go Kylo Quinn, and we'll we'll, we'll get it done. I, I, I and, and you know what? And to, to sweeten it, I throw in Lance Thomas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh man. Um yeah, I, I was gonna ask you. Hey, but you know what? A little nervous um in June when you know we, we saw that Phil Jackson was thinking about trading poor Zingis because maybe he was getting back at him for not going to that exit meeting last year and fans were like, Nah, Phil can't really be trading uh poor Zingis knowing that Melo might be on the way like Melo don't want to be here no more. You can't get rid of him and poor Zingis. So just for a little bit I, I I'm not saying it was going to happen, but once it once it was out there on draft night that they were looking for, uh, Boston was was interested, and I'm like Phil Jackson, if you trade Porzingis, listen, nobody nobody's untradeable, 
but it depends on what you got back for him. But if you're gonna give away, give him away like you did Jr. and Shepard back in the day, then then leave him alone. Listen, let, 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 let's just make something clear. The reason why that sounded crazy to everybody out here was it was like, yo, Phil, that's the only positive thing you've done. Like the only thing, exactly. the only good thing you've done was like, that Porzingis land in your lap. Okay. Like, so, like, to, 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 from the outside looking in, it just made no sense whatsoever because it was like, okay, for one, I, I never, I mean, and you know this, I've been saying this to you the last couple of years, I never understood how they determined that they were going to continue to build around Mellow, but they, or excuse me, continue to try to win with Mellow, but then build around Porzingis. That just didn't make any sense. It was kind of like what the Lakers were doing out here for the last few right. years of Kobe's career. And you know what? You know, Lakers fans get mad at me when I say this, but they were just kind of stuck in, you know, you know, stuck waist deep in mud. For his last couple of years, uh, you know, and that's no slight to anything that he did throughout his career. But yeah, it was it's, it was like the same thing out there. So yeah, no, uh, out here I was like, okay, if they're foolish enough to do this, let's go ahead and get this dude <laughs> because yeah, that didn't that, that didn't make any sense whatsoever to me. And what's going to be even more crazier is that KP is going to continue to do well, and everybody's going to everybody will say, oh, that 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 was Phil Jackson's pick. Also with Frank uh, uh, Nelakina, if he. It pans out to be somebody good or great. Hey, that that you know that was Phil Jackson's pick too. So Phil Jackson might have laid the groundwork for for Frank and Porzingis, and then he got fired. But then if they turn out to be two all-time greats or, or really good, everybody would come back and say, "Well, Phil Jackson drafted those guys." You know what I'll say to that? Remember how you felt when you heard that he was also going to look in the move back because simply because he was upset that he didn't go to a meeting. Yeah. Think about this. so. Yeah, look, um, I, I won't take like here. It, a perfect example is this: the Lakers, they uh, the, the front office. The one thing they did was they drafted well over those last couple of years. Mm-hmm. They still needed to go because they weren't able to. Be, they were they were not effective. They did anything else. Same thing with Phil. He did that. Yes, he got those in, but he needed to go because I don't know about you, but uh, uh, you know, hiring Derek. And then following that up with what was a Rambus for a little while, and then you know Hornacek. Yeah. Come on now, like, like no disrespect to your current, you know, your your current situation, but uh, from you know from a GM or from a president of basketball operations, you need to be dynamic in a way that is not just like a one trick pony type deal, right? right. And uh, and that's what it seemed like was the case. I got three more for you, Jabari, before I let you go. Um... Uh, Kobe Bryant got, is getting eight and twenty-four retired. Uh, not a big of a shock to you and uh, LA fans, right? Yeah, I mean, look, it, it didn't shock me. I, I thought that if they went with one, it was going to be twenty-four, and they could just kind of like quietly retire eight by just not giving it out to anybody, not doing what OKC did with thirty-five. But you know, look, that's another story. Um, uh, but I'm not shocked. Um, the, the, you know, I, I know. You know, people outside of Los Angeles, they get a little bit fatigued, and by a little bit, I mean a lot. You know, when it comes to you know the, the whole Kobe Bryant phenomenon, uh, but he meant that much to this organization. Um, it was that unique of a situation. You know, sp- you know the split between the two. Um, uh, you know, so I, I, I get why they did it. And, and plus, there's a first time for everything. And then, you know what? Uh, guys like him, they get those types of firsts. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Um, I, I just I just don't think you can go with 24 or 8 without the other one. So, uh, you know, I think he played 
10, 10 years in both or 10 with mm-hmm. one number and nine in the other. So it, he won championships with both numbers. So uh, congrats to Kobe. Are, are you a fan uh, of his Mamba mentality challenges to Giannis and some other people around the league? You know what I what I'm a fan of. I'm a fan of old guys trying to remain uh, or remaining relevant. So if, <laughs> if that make, if, if that makes them feel good or if that you know keeps them in the conversation, you know, go for it. Um, I, you know what I, what else I appreciate? I appreciate when an old guy embraces the fact that he's the old guy now. You know, yeah. So he's he's totally he's totally taking on that role. Um, and and embracing you know the and, and especially when the old guy that embraces the fact that he's the old guy also can then go to the younger generation and say hey you may not do it like I did it but I can appreciate you the way you do it so like you know I'm gonna challenge you to do you know I'm gonna challenge you to do even more so yeah I I um you know me I'm an I'm an NBA nerd when it comes to that stuff mm-hmm. so I loved it uh, two more the the All Star game is in L A this season right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, new All Star Game format. Are you a fan of it? You love it, hate it, like it? I I was intrigued by it, and you know what? I'm I'm not one of those like oh truthers, like oh yo, what, yo why are we changing stuff? I'm all for it. If you, if you come up with you can come up with something better or come up with something unique, let's try it out. It's an All Star Game. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be you know different than you know different than the norm. So I'm excited to see some, you know, I'm excited to see some guys play together that otherwise would not have played together. I'm excited to see, you know, I'm, 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 I, I'm still, I still have your know, hold the NBA All Star Weekend, you know, you know, I guess to a bit of a soft spot. Uh, I don't watch the Pro Bowl anymore. I don't watch Major League Baseball All Star Game anymore. So, but I do still, you know, pay attention to the NBA All Star Weekend, and you know, I, I like, I like the fact that this, you know, uh, current regime in, in terms of. Uh, uh, Adam Silver and, and his crew. I like the fact that they're at least willing to try new things, even if it doesn't, you know, even if it doesn't work. Uh, I, I can appreciate that they're willing to try something new. Oh, definitely, and I'm ready for to to see people be real petty, like LeBron. If you're the, the leading vote getter, you're going to be petty. You're not going to pick Kyrie, uh, Durant. Uh, you're yep. not going to pick Westbrook first. But to, I think that's the intrigue, and hopefully, 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 that they air. The draft on a YouTube, online, NBA.com, on TNT, where LeBron and Curry can pick their roster right there on NBA TV live. And I think that will add a, a, a different intrigue to, to everything because, yes, they are continuing to play for uh, for charity. Different different players are on different rosters. East and West doesn't matter. But I think, you know, some of us want to see these, these guys uh, be a little petty. <laughs> hey, look! I'm, you know, I'm here for it. I'm here for all the NBA petty. I love this past summer because of that, all of the NBA petty. Um, I, I, I do think that's going to end up being the case. I think you'll, you'll see Steph and you know Steph and Kyrie playing together because that would be fantastic to see them kind of you know go at it. You know, you see, you see LeBron and and, uh, and Kyrie go at it in that game. Um, I hope that they air it. You know, like you, uh, I don't care where it comes on, but if I had my choice, it would be on TNT because I want that crew <laughs> commenting on it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll take it wherever you know wherever they show it. And to be honest with you, it would surprise me if they don't air it because the NBA is not in the business of not taking advantage of, of opportunities to you know show you know to shine a light on, you know, on itself. So uh, that that would be an opportunity lost, and I, you know that that would surprise me. Yeah, don't don't do a thing where hey, last night LeBron and Curry were in, in the war room, and these, no. these these are the rosters, and it's like, ah, oh, really? Yeah. Like, I want to see them like 
laugh and debate and complain. Nah, I want this guy. I want this guy. So in your mind, if LeBron has the first pick, who do you think he takes? Or if Curry has the first pick? It, I'll say this. If LeBron has the first pick, he's petty as all could be. He's taking Kevin Durant. He's taking his, He's taking uh, Curry's mm-hmm. best choice. Okay. Uh, it, it, at, least, at least in my mind, that's where I'm hoping it goes. If I'm Curry, let's see. Man, where might he go with that? He's not taking anybody off the Cavs. Um, I mean, he, he might pick if it's Durant. Curry, he's probably, if it's Curry, he's probably taking Durant. Uh. He's probably taking his own guy, but then following that up with, with – uh, with Kyrie, I could see that taking place. Yeah, then it gets real tricky with Westbrook and Giannis and uh-huh. Harden. Yeah, and hopefully, Harden, hopefully, maybe. my man Porzingis is, is on that roster, which I think he will be. I think he will. I think he will. I think. I, I think. I think Porzingis is a top twenty-four guy in the league. I do. So, it, it, it would. It would. It would kind of surprise me if he did. Last one, Jabari. Um, this whole thing about LeBron going to LA. Um, you know, LeBron's a free agent after the year. We keep hearing he's he's throwing birthday shout outs to Lonzo Ball, everybody making a big deal out of it. Um he has a he has a home in LA. Uh he plays ball in LA in the summertime. Um what's the likelihood of, of one, him not returning to Cleveland and two, him going to the Lakers in your mind? All right, so this is totally just my opinion. I'm not saying, like, oh, I'm starting to rumor or anything like that. I'm, I know right. you know this, but, you know, just for the listeners' sake, mm-hmm. I think LeBron is leaving. I think I don't think there's a chance that he's coming back because I don't think there's a chance that they're winning, and I, and I think they're going to do worse than they did the previous year. Uh, hmm. I have no idea whatsoever if it's going to be the Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, a lot of folks out here, they're you know, getting right into that. Hey, he'd be the same thing like you said. Like, oh, he wished him a happy birthday and he came to Summer League. And, yes, those things do matter. But yeah. that doesn't mean, you know, it, you know that does, it's not like LeBron's, like, sitting there going, like, yeah, that's my that's my dog. I'm, I'm there with him. <laughs> the, the Lakers have to show. If they end yeah. up, you know, if the Lakers end up, you know, winning 25 games and Lonzo doesn't look very good you know, over the you know, over the, you know, the rest of the season, and you know that they don't look like they have quite the future uh, that you know they would have anticipated, I don't see a reason why LeBron would go there. Now, if they end up winning, you know, say they win 30 to 35 games, they look like and and Lonzo shows that he can play, and Brandon Ingram shows that he can be the type of player that I've been saying that he was going to be for the last two years. Uh, and you know some of those other guys continued. You know, obviously that would take the you know a lot of guys on that team having you know, better years than, than maybe some would anticipate. Then I think that they they are in the conversation. Anytime you know, like if you can have two or three solid guys already intact and their and and their uh, you know contract controlled, and you have room for two or three you know two or three other guys, that conversation is a real conversation. Like like you know like any, anybody saying there's no chance they're wrong. Because there is a chance. I just, you know, mm-hmm. I, I just got to kind of, I have to wait and see what the rest of this season looks like before I can give a you know, give an honest answer about that. Hey. Because, you know, because again, mm-hmm. if you're LeBron, you're not coming on a hope and a prayer. You're coming only after you've been shown. Hey, and maybe that's why Kyrie left. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, if you're Kyrie Irving, look, even, even if you didn't know for a fact that he was leaving, the fact that that was hanging out there, yeah. that's reason enough. Because, look, a lot of people are like, "Oh, that's selfish or whatever." He played in Cleveland without without LeBron, so he knows what that life is like. And as much as as much as you know, Cleveland folks, and I got plenty of family out there, and fans, you know, they go that hail from Cleveland. As much as they want to say, "Oh, it's not that bad," it's actually did. Look, there's a reason why all of them don't live there now. <laughs> there's, a why, yeah. there's a reason why. There's a reason why if LeBron's not there, you know. 
things you know things aren't anywhere near the same because you know like, look I don't want to say I don't I don't have to be disparaging about Cleveland I'll just say this uh, I understand why Kyrie wanted to get out. Hey man, I'm happy for Kyrie. I'm happy for him on Boston. It, it gives a different dynamic to the whole NBA. Where like, oh, okay, Cleveland, Golden State, but you know, Boston and OKC and Houston. I think for us, from now until the remaining uh, regular season, we're gonna see a lot of teams do well, a lot of players break out. We're seeing this so far, um, you know, with the season. But Jabari, always great having you on. Talking Lakers, Clippers, Knicks, NBA overall. He's on Twitter at Jabari Davis NBA. Great stuff on SilverScreenAndRoll.com for SB Nation. Jabari, my man, thank you. You're the man and a half. I appreciate the opportunity. I hope you have me back uh, over the course of the season. All right, man. Take it easy. All right, thanks. All right.